The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. It's Anton in for Kieran. We're kicking off this week's final furlong where we look back at some of the stories that have caught court our eye over the past week. Joining me for this edition of The Furlong is Jim Elliott, comedian, Neve Marr, commercial director with Journal Media and Suzanne Kane, presenter 98FM. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way about this, but before the first show of The Late Late Show, there was so much publicity about The Late Late Show, I had begun to resent it as an entity. I think the same is happening with Big Brother. There's a lot of publicity about Big Brother. Is it starting to irk you yet, Suzanne? Um, Anton, that is a very loaded question considering that my co-host on 98 FM is the former winner of Big Brother. That is, that is Brian Dowling Gurion. So um, he is doing a lot of talk about Big Brother at the moment. He uh, did this, or he did Lorraine show and he's been on ITV News and they've been over to the studios. So I feel like I'm very immersed drowning, some could say, <laughs> in all things Big Brother. And then obviously we will cover it on the show on Monday as well. So there's a big hype. It's been on for five years. I suppose it's a juggernaut of a show. Jim's looking at me there feeling like a bit violated about the chat of Big Brother. It's just one of the phrases you use there about your, your co-host who was the last man standing on Big Brother, but you use the phrase winner. And I would put it to you that there are no winners in anything involved in Big Brother. From the contestants to the viewers, it's a sad state of affairs for society. Well, now, Jim, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't the person to take apart. I'm really the I'm really I'm really the other side of a co-hosting. Good. And for him, no, I would see, say it was a winning situation for him because he worked for I'm talking about worked. Brian Brian Downey. Ah. No, listen to what I was gonna okay. say. He worked for a for an airline for Ryanair. He worked okay. as cabin crew. Okay. Uh, was earning whatever, twenty odd grand a year, whatever it was mm. at that time in two thousand and one. He went in completely unknown, a boy from Kildare. He came out as gay on the show, which ah. probably changed I think within Ireland, I think homosexual homosexuality within Ireland was probably very taboo. And I think for Was this in the nineties? When was this? Two thousand and one. Oh, so he went onto the show. It, That's well, cool. I think it still very much was. I think for a lot, especially for a young man from Kildare, a small little village. I think for him to go on such a major show to create so much, you know, hype around Ireland, hype around Kildare, but also to come across as such a fun gorgeous man and to come out as gay I think actually he was a massive winner Edward his career from then obviously probably went up and down in 20 years and did whatever it did but I think from that respect I think these type of shows create this type of Can I cut across you briefly just because I want to I want to congratulate you I've I've known Jim Elliott for for many years at this point Mm. the one thing that I've always relied on Jim Elliott is that he will be unendingly cynical in every setting this is the first time that I've seen that break it's like a a new light has does it make eyes. me a hypocrite to be to be <laughs> delighted for Brian for everything that he'd done and, uh, you know, coming out and being a role model in a mm. time when people need it while still hating <laughs> the institution There's the gym, I know. <laughs> in which he was able to, to forge this path? I think Big Brother's stupid. I think if you watch it, you you shouldn't be allowed to vote. That's well, what I think. Now, this, Neve, well, I think if we look back, hang on for a second, I want to need you on this. I think if we look back to Jim's uh, point about Big Brother, we can actually look at Big Brother through almost rose-tinted glasses yeah. because of what has come since. Because at least in Big Brother, it was a psychological experiment with people living together. Now we make them live together and have sex with each other for our entertainment. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. I would say that... Brian is from the the golden era of Big Brother and this was like Suzanne was saying 2001 honestly I used to watch the chickens I used to watch mm-hmm. them sleeping yep. it was how I planned my summer like I used to watch Big Brother 
back then and it was it was pre-social media it was pre-Love Island so it was actually the most fantastic reality television that you could probably have and you can't recreate it today this is my issue with Big Brother coming back now it's never going to be as pure as it was back then they genuinely forgot that the cameras were on them I think would you agree yeah, Like, I think that they genuinely did because they wouldn't have done the things that they did back then now and I don't think we'll get that again because now you go on these shows and you're going to become famous that's kind of why they're going on to this and like Suzanne mm. was saying Brian has made an incredible career out of being the winner of it but I don't know if we're ever going to get the magic back from Big Brother the way that it was back then I don't think reality TV is magical anymore in the way that it was back then because nobody knew what was going on it's interesting there's kind of a Mylon Kundera point to be made about all this about Excuse how back in the what? day <laughs> I'm sorry uh, that was very high read end. a book you Big Brother <laughs> viewing idiot is that yeah they, they forget about the fact that there were cameras on whereas now today none of us ever forget that there are cameras on because you know we're all pumping out content on every platform mm. 24-7 and we, we all all of us, one one would argue that uh, I've lost the war and Big Brother has won because we're all, everybody's going live on TikTok and doing live streams on Instagram. We're all trying to build our own brands in a way that maybe you're saying the early contestants on Big Brother didn't really even think but about. But I don't know if they've won because they're bringing it back and it's it's it doesn't have the same hype as it did when Davina was presenting it. That was like the show that everybody watched. You would watch the chickens and you would watch them sleeping and doing all the boring stuff during were the week. Were there literally chickens? Yeah, I'm literally sorry. there was chickens. Yeah, there was they chicken. had chickens? They had chickens in the early years and you could watch them you could go on and watch them at 2am on the live stream mm-hmm. and literally like some people just did that I mean See, I I'm not saying I did this, it every night but, but I, I definitely watched it I had it. a terrible cubicle job in 2004 where I really didn't have anything to do so and you should have watched Big Brother should have watched well, Big no, Brother yeah. I, I found a live stream of the uh, penguin container at the San Diego Zoo and I would just have thing. that same on thing. all day and kind just have the it in the there is going back to your uh, Mylar Lelonium point earlier on there, there is a there <laughs> he is, just died he's a great author what's the matter all right there is a thing though which has happened since then which is people who became famous through doing things like movies like acting like all you mean that. things with talent well possibly now actually making most of their money on selling the reality of their lives like if mm. you look at instagram if you look at a lot of the people who are now doing big business on youtube and all the rest of it they were people who had careers that they now have as secondary like take will smith will smith is making a lot of or made a lot of his money mm-hmm. out of effectively unearthing the horrors of his marriage with jada pinkett but david beckham was a TV. footballer right so that's he spent his whole life. He didn't. He grew up, had no friends. Mm. Went out with a football every single day. All he wanted to do was play football. His dad probably wanted to play for Man United. That's where he ended up. And then ultimately, he saw a shift. Something changed. He was signing Braille cream yeah. deals for fifty grand before we knew what that what you know mm-hmm. what that Instagram mm-hmm. would be. He was one of the first faces of Adidas Predator boots. Predator boot became the fastest selling boot across the world based on this man. So it's always been around. It just changes and shapes and shapes. So David Beckham. For my like my son is turning nine. To him, David Beckham is just this brand. Yeah. He's not this incredible, iconic, you know, player who came from somewhere in Manchester and came through the ranks at Manchester United. You know, he's just a Messi is just a brand. Ronaldo is just a brand. Whether their talent is what their talent is, that's a side note. No, but I think the difference between Messi and, and Beckham is that Messi is still to some he's extent still ball. he's doing the thing that he does and he's yeah. known for doing the thing that he does. Beckham managed, I suspect, made more money out of being Beckham subsequent to football brand. than he did yeah. of being I mean, like, so did, so did Michael Jordan. Yeah. He made more money off of Nike than he ever made playing basketball. 
But he made it as a sponsorship deal for basketball. Exactly. It wasn't the home life of Michael Jordan but and brought to sport. us on Insta. Their sport was that lift up for them, right? They had that talent and now reality TV in itself is the currency that lifts people into that world. So mm. that's the connection. It's different and it evolves and it changes. And some people say... It, you know, it doesn't take a lot of talent. I would argue that actually you need to have a lot of talent to be able to turn that into a business mm-hmm. and to turn that into a business that lasts. So you, you see, like there are, I think I saw ridiculous stats that I can't remember now, the amount of people that go through the Love Island doors, for example, a tiny percentage of them become successful, become to the standard of the Molly Mays who are now mm. running million euro empires. Makeup brand and everything. The majority of them just kind of melt away. What do they do? What, well, are, they, what are the ones who, they, who don't they, make it to? They, they do just the documentaries once every 10 years where it's like, where is this Love Island star? They'll take anything that they can get. But it's not a guaranteed in. So it's actually, it's one step, but actually you have to have business acumen. You have to think about your long-term goals if you're mm. going to go on to this. And you have to also know that the world is going to immediately judge you because you can't bend it like Beckham. Mm. There's a thing called um, survivor bias that I like in, in these kind of settings. And uh, I saw somebody do an analogy of it where they talked about dolphins. They said, you know the way dolphins are meant to help people when they're drowning and they get them back to the land. They said, actually, dolphins just like pushing stuff. And if you take a dolphin, right, and let's say land is to your west, one dolphin might push you north, one dolphin might push you east, one dolphin might push you south, one might push you west. But the only people who ever get heard from again are the ones who get pushed west and make it back to land. And everybody thinks dolphins Mm. save people. No, they just shove things around. The same with the Love Island stars. We focus on the ones who made it and Mm -hmm. think just reality TV is Mm -hmm. a route to millions, Mm -hmm. whereas it's survivor bias. The most, the majority of them go nowhere. Speaking of things that have died, he said in one of the world's great segues, (laughs) teletext, do you miss it? Do I miss it? Or is it Airtel that's dead? It's Airtel, Airtel. isn't it? Rather it's Airtel than Teletext. Teletext. Yeah, I, I have memories. I mean, I remember... Of I Airtel? Think, well, it came out in 1986. I was born in 1986. So during the 90s, I mean, it was kind of like the James Bond movies in my childhood. They were kind of always on in the background, but I didn't really pay that much attention to it. My parents used to go on to Airtel quite a lot for information because it was pre-internet, of course. So between the bulletins, mm. you know unless you were listening to the radio constantly, you didn't have that knowledge. You couldn't just hop on your phone. So, And because I became a broadcast journalist, I was always interested in the passage of information. So I, you know, I look at it as a very early Twitter, essentially. You know, these journalists who were feeding the beasts of Airtel were basically curating these headlines down into small characters, which is what we all do now on a daily basis. So, you know, I mean, it's a fascinating moment in technology. And yeah, we'll be sad to see it go, I think, for... for Anoraks, I suppose, you know, of people who remember that. This must be thing. interesting for you, Jim, because you you had weird TV growing up. You had stupid televisions with roundy dials on them and no teletext I mean, of any we, kind. We had we had more channels than you guys had, I think. But most and, of them. So were I don't very really bad understand what Airtel was. Oh, I know, so I know that it's a, a a digital menu that you can navigate. I thought it was for like bus times and movie times. And there was headlines yeah. and news. Yeah, headlines yeah. and news. Also, you could find holiday deals on there as well if you wanted this. So uh, there was this, advertising. It was an advertising. No, so no, model. it wasn't advertising. So there was, the advertising came much later, right. but in its basic kind of startup was to give you the headlines of the news. So right. it would have like the top five headlines that in were happening. In text form. In text form. Scrolling? She pressed, no, no. static. <laughs> they come around. Had to wait. You had to I wait to turn. There was great. no swiping here, yeah. Jim. So you had to wait for your time. And if you missed your page, 
If you miss 102, you'd have to wait, wait for it all. To so come this is like again. a town in the old west, the first one that has a telegraph line, and they get it. They get a story in, and they print it and just hang it in the window, and you guys are coming by and watching the windows. That's except it. it's on yes. your TV. Exactly. But it got. So I'll tell you the first time it ever attacked me, though, because attacked I re- yeah, it attacked me, Jim. This might go over your head as well. Now we've yeah. gone to Big Brother. Hang tight. We're going into GAA oh boy, now. Oh but I remember uh, Dublin losing uh, All Ireland semi final against Mayo. I'm trying to think what year it was, but it must I must be a long time ago. It's Dublin, isn't it? Exactly. Sorry. It was a semi final. We didn't make the final, so we're going back into the the, the noughties. So it was it was post 1995 in that, and I remember going on to Airtel and I saw the attack that was Mayo for Sam. That was the first wow. time I, I you remember. So do you remember they got really digital and fancy and yeah. it looked, but it was just all of the letters put, the colours put together and it was in green and red. And I remember Ooh. just feeling like that's a blow. That yeah. is an absolute blow. Now, if it's on Airtel, this could possibly happen. So you it uniquely didn't. are glad to see the entire <laughs> platform end. Yeah, basically because of that. But yeah, we, so the sport would be up there. Okay. Uh, my husband being a very South Dublin boy said their family used to look up the ski and snow reports for Lavinia before that's, they were That's fancy. That's Robert Bosch. I went, did you have that? And he was like, that's where we used to look. I was so like, You'd look on Airtel and it would be like, you know, Mont Blanc, 12-inch pack powder at the base, 24-inch on the summit and you'd Something go, okay, similar, let's buy some Jim. tickets. Yeah, Something like Similar, yeah. They just went to Lavinia and they'd like, there's three inches of snow and it looks good. They were like, we're in. I'm wow. intrigued at your knowledge of snow conditions, Jim. Yeah. You might be a bit posh as well. That's oh, the yeah. inference that yeah, I'm getting. I grew up in the suburbs, baby. We went to. <laughs> 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 we will talk more about Jim's posh upbringing after we take a quick break. I've been joined by Jim Elliott, uh, Neve Marr and Suzanne Ken. And after the break, we're going to be talking about the new words that have made their way into the English language. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder. It's Anton in for Kieran. I have with me Suzanne Kane from 98FM, Neve Marr, who's commercial creative director with Journal and Media, and the comedian Jim Elliott, the posh comedian Jim Elliott, who discovered that he goes skiing. I mean, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> now, certain uh, words obviously make it every year into the English language because it is a growing language, whether we like it or not. And I think Merriam-Webster have introduced 690 words to their new dictionary this, week, this year. Some of them include internet lingo, like doggo, or riz. Do you know what either of those mean, Jim? Yeah. Okay, explain. I don't. I'm on the internet. You guys aren't on TikTok? Come on, you got to hang out with the kids. What's That's doggo? the thing. I don't have kids, so I get to I get to still be part of society. Doggo. Shots fired. You used to have the light of happiness in your eyes. I could see it. I, actually, I have I have two imaginary children, and I name them Disposable Income and Eight Hours of Sleep. They're wonderful. It's true what they say. You can't pick between them. I don't have a favorite. They're both different in their own wonderful ways. No, doggo is just uh, internet slang for a dog. You put up a picture of a cute dog, and everyone says it's a nice doggo or a nice pupper or anything like that. I don't think that ca- I I don't think that counts as a slang term. It's just the way people say dog. Don't get it. Why would you add two letters on though? Yeah, I never understand why you make something longer, which is shorter words. Wait, dog is D-O-G. Australians do that a lot, but things like tinnies. I refuse to sit here and listen to a bunch of Irish people object to the addition of the letter O to an abbreviation of anything because y'all love that stuff. We all love that stuff. Y'all use Riz is what. Uh, was known in my 90s childhood as skills or stees. So if you were charming with members of the opposite sex, that person has skills, that person has stees, has style. Has riz. So if you flirt with somebody, you're going to riz them up. You guys didn't hear oh. about uh, Livy rizzing up baby Gronk? No. Man. But it would have felt like something very different, I feel, for us. Riz. Like, I get that. I had to Google it this week because we did it on the show and I was like, Riz is romantic. It wasn't where my head went first, but New. Riz. 
no, no, it's not romantic. Well, I mean, it's... Did, did Riz not tend to mean uh, aggressively uh, engaged in, in Irish? Was that... No, not in uh, Irish, no. but like, I just is a bit Riz. So no, no, I've never heard that. Literally never Have heard you ha- I've never heard Riz till this week. I hadn't heard it till this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I've yet to Google it, so I actually still don't really know. And you're not... Any of you are being clear, by the way. I still don't really know what it means. If you're flirting with somebody, romantic. then you look at your man, he's dropping the riz on her. He's, he's rizzing her up. romantic. So yeah. if, if I like, turn to my husband and be like, are we going to be riz tonight? Am I going to get a This took a leap. Wow. You have 15-year-olds in their parents' cars. six-month-old. You're not saying those words. If you're Neve's husband and you'd like to answer that, 53106. We're definitely not rizzing. There's teenagers whose parents have picked them up from school. They're listening to this right now and they're covering their faces. They're praying that their dad doesn't look over and go, teach me how to use the word riz there, Sorka. How do I say it? I'm a millennial. I'm an elder millennial, so my slang terms are chuggy, and I know what. Yeah, 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 they're, they're chuggy. So chuggy is a slang term in itself. It basically means that everything that I say is a little bit uncool, according to Gen Z. So they coined that. Although, ironically, and Suzanne, you'll be with me on this mm. one. Gen Z have just started completely dressing like us as well. Yes. So even though we're chuggy, peplum back. It wasn't the first time round. Wasn't good. The coin belt. Stop it. I take offense. Yeah, we all do. But like, <laughs> do you ne- say the peplum skirt? Peplum. I don't know what that is. I thought that was some part of the throat. It's a little kick no, out. it's a little kick out. You have a pair of, like a a pair of trousers and then a skirt that goes like kind of skitches over it. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's, do you know what? It's essentially like wearing a swimming tube around you, but flat, <laughs> deflated. With trousers some, under it. Yeah. Yeah. I never understood that why you'd wear a skirt and trousers. It seems well, no, to the skirt's the par- a part of the cold. top. I'll tell you, you obviously didn't go to the same teenage discos <laughs> I went to Anton because you'd wear a skirt and trousers underneath. <laughs> Chuggy, it's chuggy. We're chuggy. We're just a group of chuggies who like to riz. Chuggy's just basic and cringe, right? That's what that no, means. No, yeah. we definitely yeah. never rizzed because we were told if you riz, you get pregnant by looking at them. That's why you Ooh. wore the trousers and the Not skirt. if you riz standing up, you're fine. <laughs> Not um, it, Claire has has told me in my ears just because she's the one who's responsible for making sure that there is something resembling fact on the show that apparently riz is a diminutive of charisma. Sure. Oh, okay. I, that makes sense. Why not? Okay. Oh. So none of us have Riz, basically. That's what I'm thinking. Well, no, the fact that you can't necessarily spell it or know its meaning doesn't or mean that you're not equipped with it. I can't use it in a sentence. I don't know how to use this term. So what are your your favourite modern slang or recent word arrivals that you, you do like? I'm very acronym heavy. So I, I'm just, again, because it's millennium, so a lot of FOMOs, a lot of if you know, you knows, like NGL. Do you know, like all the mm. abbreviations are what I... Okay, fear of missing out, I understand. What was the last one? Um, If you know, you know. No, NG- NGL, not going to lie. At the moment, we're in PSL season. But, no. Come on. Champions League? <laughs> what are you talking about? Pumpkin, spiced, latte. That's Ugh. the season we're in. So yeah, just pretty much anything do that's Do people a brief- drink pumpkin spice latte? Only if awful. they're chuggy. Chuggies <laughs> yeah, do. Now, come on now. Let's all rein it in a little bit. I think we need to stop English being a learning language. Because English, you know the way France, the French kind of codify the language and that's it. That's French. It if you don't is. like it, don't mess with it. Whereas English has to adapt to... Good. N- 
No, no. See, that's the Americans now. See, that's yeah. it. That's the Americans coming in. This is where it all, this is where it all starts. These yeah. chuggies over here. What's wrong? Right. Well, it means that you end up with words meaning things that words weren't meant to mean. It means that you have to keep learning as you age. What's but it means that, that the things that you learn you have to unlearn because somebody used them wrong enough that now we all have to use them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when he's things like like your granddad or whatever you say something you're like oh like it's wicked and he'd be like oh Jesus is it awful bad and because they would have said wicked bad you're like no wicked is, is like for it's instance because really cool. of you lot we all have to accept that it's okay to say I could care less it's I couldn't That's, care less but because of you yeah. people we all now have to accept what it. do you mean you that I could I'm, care less that's a terrible I'm affronted by that every time I hear it well, which I hear is, it a lot but this that's a grammatical so correction more than a more than a, a they, slang it's in TV shows it's in movies it's constantly Everywhere. said so I could care less like, so you do you do care you care a huge amount copy editor I guess ah, I know. standards have fallen but this new words it. I don't think comprise a, a lacking of standards I, I I'll do. grant you on uh, on I could care less. That's just wrong, and people need to read more. I'll give you one as a case in point. Hit me. I'll give you one as a case in point, and it's a it's a it's a personal bugbear for Ooh, me. This would be good. The word fulsome. 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 Yes. Right? What yeah. fulsome means is mean, small-minded, half-hearted, mm. not genuine. So okay. if you make a fulsome apology, it means you're not apologizing at all. You're selling it down the river, and you're lying about your apology. Ah. But because everybody thinks it means full. Yeah. Its meaning has now changed. So when you look up Fulsome in the dictionary, it means two things that are the opposite of itself. Ooh. I mean... Are you blaming America how is that for that? A sense? No, I'll, I'll find <laughs> a way, but I haven't yet. Give me time. So does the word bad. Like, I, there's a lot of words like this. That's a good point. Well, yeah. this bad item will continue after this break. But first, here's Alan with the news. You're welcome back. It's the final furlong. And with me for the final furlong is comedian Jim Elliott, Suzanne Kane, presenter with 98FM, and Neve Marr, commercial director with Journal Media. And one of the things that made news during the World Cup was that France apparently has a major challenge with bedbugs. Now, I don't know how much this is true, but there have been a lot of reports from people who have been travelling to Paris that they have found themselves victimised by bedbugs. Neve, have you ever seen or encountered or been bitten by a bedbug? No, thankfully... Not bed bugs, but I have been in situations abroad that included fleas, and, <gasps> it, and it was pretty J one. Yes, J one. I was staying in a an old, really old fraternity house, and there was uh, Jim <laughs> more, American. Giddy. What? more American. More American. More American. Jim seems Where were you? By this. Where is this? I don't want to name names. I'm afraid it's your fraternity. <laughs> I wasn't in a fraternity. Um, so anyway, was busy skiing. I was, st- <laughs> yeah, I was staying in this fraternity house, which was vacant for the summer. Myself, my girlfriends were there. And in order to wash our clothes, the uh, laundry was down in the basement. So uh-huh. we would go down. And when I say you could see the fleas hopping off your legs, it was really grotesque. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much my entire summer. But no bed bugs. So, well, how do you get rid of fleas? What ha- what's the what's you go? We have we fleas. We would scream and run upstairs. That's not going to get rid of them. Right? No, yeah, you need like a proper exterminator in, or a yeah. dog, fleas. because I think given a choice, they prefer a dog. I know, but then you just have a flea-ridden dog That's going around point. the gaff, putting it. Around. There's no you know way I mean? the frat guys didn't come back after summer vacation and blame the dirty Irish for giving <laughs> us fleas. There's that no way they didn't. I know so they were there when you got there. They were there when you got there for sure. They definitely well, were. I tell you what happened well, so is a bunch says, of dudes we only have her word. doing laundry and forgot it and just left you know wet clothes sitting there no, for no, no. four months before you guys. The got kitchen there. was condemned as well. Like they knew that we were in a bad situation and, and they didn't really mind. Um, I paid the privilege of fifty dollars a week for it or whatever <laughs> that you had to we pay. Were, yeah, we were so lucky. Twenty one, we didn't really care gals. that much. Yeah. 
yeah, to Ben and Gals with fleas as we came home and called our parents. Did you bring any of the fleas home with you? Absolutely, I would oh, imagine oh, so. Oh, oh, oh. That and some credit card debt. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Jim, hmm. Suzanne, have either of you experienced a bed bug? No, I, I'm bed bug free. I've Nothing? never had, no, never, no. So oh, here last we go. America. winter, oh. <laughs> America. and I was reading this story and people were like, oh, you know what? Tourists are going to avoid Paris because of bed bugs. If I offered you guys a free ticket to Manhattan tomorrow, would you go? New York is full of bed bugs. New York right? is yeah. infested with bed bugs, yeah. and it always has been, and it's just a part of the life. And we've we've been lucky. My, I got family in New York, so my uh, my wife and I would go there, you know, every other Christmas or so. And we went this year, and we brought one back with us. So we we come home, we go to bed, we unpack our stuff, we get up the next day, and my wife has a bite on her collarbone, and I'm like, that's weird because it was unseasonably warm while we were in Manhattan this time. Sometimes it's freezing, and sometimes it's warm. I'm like, I guess there could have been mosquitoes. It's an island. That's possible. And then a couple nights later, I wake up and I've got one, two, three bites in a straight line on the shoulder. And that's that's the tell. If you got three bites in a row, because what they do is they walk across you, chomp, keep walking, chomp, keep walking, chomp. So we knew what they were. We'd been in New York. Uh, we immediately got all of our all of our clothes into garbage bags and bring them around the corner to the laundromat. You got to wash everything at forty degrees and above. You don't need soap, but the forty degrees will kill Hoss. it. You got to yeah. call somebody and and they'll come in and spray down your mattress and the closets and the likes of the stuff you can't get rid of. Right as we're stripping the bed, we lift up the mattress like vertically to to look at it, and there is Mr. Bug. The bed bug just chilling in the middle of the mattress on the bottom of it. It's about the size. If you look at your size wise, what are we talking about? Look at your uh, your pinky fingernail, about half, maybe a third of that. So they're not huge, and they and if you Google photos of bed bugs, they kind of have a a distinctive look. They look kind of like beetles, so they have a shape to them. So as soon as I saw it, I knew what it was, and I went to go crush it, and it started moving. They're slow, so if you find it, it's easy to just quack, and we got them. Guy came in and sprayed the place down. We repacked our clothes. It took us three days to get all our clothes through the laundromat, and you keep everything wrapped in tight plastic until you can do that. We put everything away, and because uh, we were paranoid, we didn't know if it had laid eggs or nothing. That, I was going to ask, what's yeah. the issue? A huge, extreme if reaction you, if this If you feels. let them, if you don't catch them immediately, but we've, we've been thinking about this every year we go to New York. So we go to New York, we stay in a hotel, and we stay in decent enough hotels. You know, we're not staying in flop houses, but you, you know, New York has bed bugs. Everybody knows that. New York's got rats, and it's got bed bugs. And if you see a rat in New York, you're not going to scream. You're like, oh, there he goes. He's just getting the train, same as me. No worries. <laughs> so we knew what to look for, and we just did the laundry. And then we uh, we bought some of them sticky traps, put them around your bed, and then you, we waited to see if anybody else would turn up, and nobody did. Well, and here we are 10 months later. We're good. What populate with? Is that the problem? No, no. Um, they, they can all to... lay eggs. Oh. So, but I think we got – because we the got them, you know, within uh, – we, we got them within – I don't know, 48 I'm hours told getting back. That the, so. the trick is that when you go into the hotel room, you know the way the first thing everybody does when you put you, when you go into the hotel room is you dump all your stuff on the bed? Mm. That's what, what? Call, you know the way you have a suitcase. You go in, you lob it in the bed. Okay. Never put a suitcase on a bed. Place. Some people have this. They think they're, they're, the wheels this. on the suitcase are so disgusting that they don't put them on the bed. Put everything on the bed. Absolutely. Take off your coat, throw it on the bed. The first thing you do is you take the throw pillows off. That's the first thing you do because those throw pillows are gross. You take those throw pillows away. They're just decorative and they never get washed. The wardrobe. Okay, so putting me if you're worried about it, it's not a, one, they're not a big deal. They're they a huge they, deal. They're a huge they deal. Live in your if, mattress if, if you let, they don't live in your mattress. They live on your. They mattress. They live in the seams of your mattress. Exactly. And when they feel your warmth, so if you, they come if out at night. Nah, it's, it's not you. the warmth; it's the oxygen. 
So if you're breathing, that's what they're following. Awesome. Well, I do. So it's sounds like my six-month-old. Keep the windows open. <laughs> keep the windows open. Get some air circulation in there, which you should be doing anyway. COVID, and you then maybe they won't get to you immediately. If you're super worried about it, when you check into your hotel in Paris, take the corners of the sheets up and look in the corners. They hide in tight spaces, so the corners of the mattresses check the seams, and you'll be fine. If you bring <laughs> when you come home, check. <laughs> if you come up with Irish bites, supporters arriving into Paris. Well, that's yeah. That's that is what I'm worried about. <laughs> Because there are a lot of people in South Dublin who are going to be in Paris over the next couple of months. So they'll, they'll the all country. come I'm back here. Very, so, hey, when you come home, your clothes go straight into the wash, 40 degrees and above. fire to your all bed right? and everything you own. Yeah. Check your suitcases, too, because your suitcases your are in the corner of the room and they're crawling around. And our, everybody, it, can you guys feel your skin crawling yeah. right now? Our it's impossible to talk Paris, about this. And is it is it just that the Irish people are reacting to it? Is, is Paris like New York? Does it have bed bugs? I kind of figure any... City with X number of million people is going to have I thought we do not have infestations of these kinds. Yeah. No, Why doesn't Ireland have bed bugs? Because we don't we don't accommodate them. No, we're an extreme. We're very clean people. St. Yeah. Patrick got rid of them. There's and nothing the to do with cleanliness, man. <laughs> they, went, they went with the snakes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, referring again to Claire, who's responsible for making sure, as I said yes. earlier, that there is something resembling a fact occasionally shared on this program. Mm. Apparently, the the maybe not the arrival, but the prevalence of bed bugs in Paris is a relatively new phenomenon. Unlike as Jim is says, it, or did the they just go viral on TikTok? Them. You can never tell. Like if everybody's on TikTok and it's viral, but that's that. I mean, anybody's doing well, it. It not make know. sense that it, they would if they you would, think yeah. about the countries from all over the world are populating over in France and you're going the, the majority of countries are going to Paris so there's people travelling from every corner of the world so if you, one of them people but my Jim, point is brings it, the bad bug with them it's, from been, it's been true <sighs> since, you know, about New York since the 80s and nobody has ever like if you said I'm going to New York for two weeks everybody says oh cool have fun go see a show nobody goes check your luggage and do your lunch like, they, it's should. Just a pack of lunch. they should they should let us move on to something else um, a new survey from Volkswagen has found that the majority of car owners name their cars the majority most more than half name their cars and that they believe that their cars have a personality based on that name. Do you name your car? Suzanne, <laughs> so you probably remember my Volkswagen. Yeah, I, do. I, um, I do name my cars, but I nothing imaginative. Spill it. Well, it was a Volkswagen Fox. <laughs> RIP and her name was Foxy. Obviously. She uh, was clearly in no way now. Foxy. She was a bit of a liability, really. And my current car is a Volkswagen T Rock and not sponsored by Volkswagen. And Shame. <laughs> but you find yourself. But I call it Rocky. Like, it's just, it's what it is. I find it very hard to say that name. It always makes me think of a Southsider calling it a truck. Oh. <laughs> Did you actually call it a T Rock? Every no. time I see one, I think it's a truck. I don't. But, I call but, it Rocky. Un- Rocky. Under what oh, yeah. circumstances are you called to use the name? Do you say to somebody to go, yeah, you, you, you drive here? I'm like, yeah, Rocky's downstairs. Like that? No, never. Only in this situation when I'm asked, do you name your vehicle? Ah. Have I ever responded to it? So uh, not, a, not a lot. But in, in terms of naming things in general, I'm not that imaginative. Like, you know, my daughter has <laughs> lots of toys. Hang on for a minute. Sorry, on, my daughter has a beautiful name, but her toys, for example, Panda is called Panda. Giraffe is called Giraffe. Cloppity Horse is called Cloppity Horse. Like, I don't spend that much minute. of my time. <laughs> Jim has raised a very interesting question here Hmm. and I'm intrigued by your answer. Question was, in what context do you use the car's name? (laughs) Which which your answer was, I have named it only and exclusively (laughs) so that if asked, I can declare its name. That's a radio veteran right there. She knew it would come in handy. Someday. You got to fill a lot of hours on the broadcast. It's a segment. We're talking about it, lads. So there you go. You're welcome. (laughs) I've only ever talked to a car when they get to the end of their life and you're trying to start it and 
and it takes longer to start and you're cold and you're in the middle of the and you're like, come on, baby, come on, baby, please, just come on, just come on. I just need to get home. But I've start never named daddy. it. But, oh, you, but just like, that's the only time I've ever talked to a car. What about you, Suzanne? Have you no. named any vehicles? Any, I, uh, any uh, household uh, objects even? A million years ago, I had a... Uh, Purple Fiesta, and I called it Barney. But um, that's my, a good name. Yeah, uh, but my did you love it? Did it love you? It did very much so. It got me from A to B as well. Uh, we were the best friends anyone could ever have. But uh, my husband works in the car industry, and he fixes cars. So for me, <laughs> my life of cars is like, can I keep it for a while, and please don't sell it or give it to a customer? <laughs> can I just say <laughs> I don't talk to my Maybe car. This the damage is, is different. Done. This is a different segment now. You're saying that I talk to my car. I don't. I have named vehicles in the past. That does not mean that I hold conversations with them. Fair enough. I just want to put that out there. Foxy? If you were were going, though, would you you say, you know... I've got Foxy. Has has anybody seen Foxy's piece? (laughs) (laughs) Where's Rocky? (laughs) Wait a minute, Jim. You're playing this very close to your chest. Well, no. One, I don't have a car. I live in the city. And uh, I care about the environment. So, uh... Well, oh, come on. <laughs> Comedy's not going that well, kids. I don't have a car, all right? Um, but yeah, you. I, the only time I would talk to a car or yell at a car is if you're trying to get it to start. Or if, I, I'm apparently the only one that ever drove bangers around here. If you're on the highway in the middle of nowhere and it starts to give out on you and it starts to go, and you're like, oh, come on, baby, please don't do this to me right now. Come on, we can get that. You know, that, that's I the only that's time you talk to your car. As well. But here's the thing about naming objects, not cars. And this is, this is a story that a friend of mine who's a primary school teacher told me. And it is about keeping an orderly classroom. The kids don't care where, for example, the whiteboard eraser is. They do not. It'll go, go, it'll go missing. She'll go through six of them in a year until she hit upon this. The kids do care where Derek, the whiteboard eraser, is. And Derek has a home, and they take it as their responsibility to put Derek back in his home. And during the day, if Derek's not in his home, the whole class shuts down. We got to find Derek. Where's Derek? He's only happy when he's home. So that's a little trick if there's people there with small children. Yeah. If you do name stuff that you need kids, kids to keep a hold of, instead of being like, now make sure you don't lose, I don't know, what do, what do kids need to keep track of? Their passport? Don't no, lose your passport. Job. Where's Percy? Yeah. Where's, it's, where's... Toy, it's Toy Story, basically, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Well, but now, once three... they care about him, yeah. they're like, he's only happy when he's home. i got to put him in his home. Yeah. It's a way to trick little children. As long as it children. doesn't become evil, and then they get scared of Derek. Okay, Neef, that's you. You've gone to a... <laughs> we have, my daughter has... You're going to be a she's great She's the first mom. one who has anything that... You know, like they have... Um, she has kind of these little... Oh, they're cloth dolly things and she's the only one out of my children oh thanks cloth dolly things great you know, that, that, that now we know what you're talking about what, the, what do you mean cloth dolly things <laughs> you know like a um, a pacifier like a you know like, like a, a soother no, oh like, like a, a little blankie yeah blankie like thing. a lovey or something yeah. like that with but, a head y- yeah with a, a head they're cool with the heads yeah right and she's the first one that I've experienced anybody because my other two kids never had one but uh, so we have two that are called dotty because they've dots on them yeah. and then the other one is nene because it's a little horse but like these are and as you say nothing can live without dot like honestly God, I have put on Instagram and asked people put a picture of Dottie up and went by any chance if anybody has these could you please let me know and I'll pay for you to post it to me because of she has a name mm. on them and they are hers they like she will not sleep without them they go everywhere with us we have to do some type of like get into the washing machine and get it washed for bed books mm-hmm. um, but that, cause, and they have names but yeah. that's the first time in my life that, that you know although I do have a pillow called New so New a New New yeah a New New Okay. Yeah, it's coming to have all my babies with me. My husband thinks it's disgusting, but that's why we now will only have three children. Nunu stops everything. <laughs> Nunu functions as a barrier Nunu's as well as everything. Nunu's a no-no. <laughs> why did Nunu get a name? I have no idea. I, again, I named Nunu. It was like it's a whatever. Were you like an infant at the time? 
Uh, it's been around a while, I'll be honest okay. with you. Yeah, you it sounds like a blankie, it's like a, a lovey type thing, yeah. How long have you had this pillow? 40 odd years. No. Yeah, it does get washed the odd time, but the whole idea is the smell. <laughs> but it, it's not like, it's not a type, it's an actual pillow pillow. No, it's a, it's a like, it it, well, it, it now looks, 40 years ago. it now looks like something out of Angela's ashes because it's a, it's a <laughs> feather it's, it's pillow and it's stitched together on it. And it can only have a certain pillowcase very, on it. I had a pillow that got thrown out about 15 See? years ago and it was about 20 years old at the time yeah. and I still, to this yeah. day, Think mourn that pillow. And do you know what? I've passed it on to my son because he slept on Nunu and then he was like, Mom, can I get one of those as well? So now I'm trying to recreate a new for him. And it's never the same once it's been washed oh, as well. Oh, and no, the washing has to come. Brought in all my babies, everything comes yeah. with me. There you go. Amazing. And listen, I can go in your car Adorable. with it any time you want. Yes, Nunu, Foxy, Foxy, Nunu. <laughs> Suzanne, Neve, Jim, thank you all very much. This is Jim Elliott, comedian. Neve Mark, commercial creative director of Journal Media and Suzanne Kane, presenter with 98FM. Thank you to them. And of course, big thank you to the team on The Hard Shoulder. Pather Brannock, Alex Russo, uh, Caleb Brennan, Claire Collins producing today and Ken Doran on sound. Off the Ball is up next. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9am for more Big Brother. Until then, bye-bye. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.